Welcome to Beyond Rebellion Tapes. My name is China Haas and I am your host and I'm very, very excited. This is our brand new podcast. This is our first episode and our guest this week is Kayleen Welsh who has become a dear friend of mine and I'm very excited that she was able to join us and be our first guest on our first episode. Kayleen is a holistic psychotherapist and wisdom guide and I love this conversation because we really... I think kind of beautifully talk about and explore how really entrepreneurship is an extension of self. And so being able to learn a little bit more about Kayleen and her journey to being a holistic psychotherapist, what that means, and how she works with clients. And then intersecting into all of that is her entrepreneurial origin story, which is like my favorite thing to talk to entrepreneurs about, is how did they become an entrepreneur? What was that road and journey like? And I love how Kayleen's just, I think, so beautifully dovetails the work that she does, the journey she's been on herself as a person and a human in this life, and being able then to continue to grow and to expand and step into her work as an entrepreneur, her work as, you know, a wisdom guide, a visionary spiritual leader, all of these different pieces of what she does. And so I love that we're able to kind of, through this conversation, um, get into all those different pieces. Also, too, part of Kayleen's work is astrology. So if there's any part of you, I know astrology is totally having a moment. Um, So we do talk about that, too, later in the episode. And she gives us a few aspects of our chart to make sure we know, um, because she thinks those are really juicy parts to help us understand our soul a little bit better. So this was a fun episode. We recorded it live in Viroqua, Wisconsin, um, which is a town that I was living in before heading out um, really on this journey. And so it was fun to be able to go back and to connect with Kayleen and to do this interview. So I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did being able to sit in conversation with her. And I'd love for you to visit chinahaws.com slash podcast. You can get the episode notes there. And so any aha moments or feedback or things that you loved, I go ahead, share those over on the website. You can share them also on social media, um, Instagram at the underscore entrebellion, um, or Kayleen is on Instagram at Kayleen Welsh. And so let us know what comes up for you as you're listening to this episode. And I'm so, so, so grateful that you're here and grateful that you're giving our brand new podcast an opportunity um, to see what resonates for you and what comes up. So here we go. Thanks. We are here today with Kayleen Welsh, and we're actually in Viroqua, Wisconsin, and at Kayleen's home office space, and her lovely little cat, Buttercup, is keeping a watchful eye on us. (laughs) And so we're going to sit down today and just talk a little bit more about Kayleen and her work. She is a holistic psychotherapist and wisdom guide, and I think we met now about two years ago, I want to say, thereabouts. Probably something like that. Uh It's been a little while. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe closer to three, because I think the first time we met was we had a mutual friend and you came and did a book talk in her shop. And I attended that and I got um, a book that you had a chapter in and some of your, your CDs. 
And then life kind of transpired and everything. And I ended up moving here to Viroqua for a while. And we met at a coffee shop meetup I did and then have kind of reconnected and stayed, stayed connected since then. That is absolutely true. And what I love about that is it feels like it was a right fit. Yes. And so it's not surprising because I remember you from that book reading that I did. That was the first time that I'd contributed a chapter to a book. And I've had a few opportunities to do that since, but that was the first and the first opportunity I had to like sit and talk with a group like that. And yet I remember you from that. And so, yes, it made it very easy when you hosted the next meetup for me to show up because there was, there was a resonance. I think that's interesting too, of like, as I think about how I've met different people in my life, and I'm sure it's probably similar for you of like, it feels like sometimes people orbit and you kind of know of them or you've met a little bit, but then it's like, you're kind of orbiting around each other for a while. And then it's like the right situation or circumstance comes together. And then you kind of come together and you have a little bit of that familiarity and background, but then like the meat of the relationship, the juiciness is there then. I really see that often and I see that a lot with clients because it seems like, I mean, and I think that's probably a natural progression where people like, you know, something you do or show up for or whatever catches their interest, but there is a resonation, resonation. there's mm-hmm. something that clicks uh, that they kind of are intrigued then and they want to pay attention. And so some follow and some really get that, oh yeah, we, we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. And then they follow through and either for working together or different opportunities that you kind of yeah re reconnect yeah so let's talk a little bit about we always talk about titles and i think that's it's interesting because i get asked that a lot from clients of like what should my title be and like wanting to have like a sounding board and i always laugh because it's like i think i've called myself like a million different things since starting my business to like really hone in it's like now i call myself an intuitive business healer and i know that's probably not the final title i'll ever settle on but that's what feels true right now Um, So I do think there's like this evolution to our titles and to how we show up in the world. And I kind of explained it to a client a few weeks ago of we're really in like these two worlds right now, right? Like, so we're in like kind of the current reality, the current way of doing things. So we have to have a title that makes sense there. And then we also though are stepping into this like new paradigm and this new way of doing business and this new way of healing and existing. And like our titles and our truth really comes from there. So having this a title in a way that works with that duality works in those two worlds. So is that something that you've kind of found on your journey with how do you describe who you are and what you do? Oh, that's so appropriate, China, because yes, my my title has changed many times too and probably will continue to change because we are in a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. I, I see that the work that I do is is going in a different direction than people are used to going. And so there is a need to meet them where they are mm-hmm which is why I have the holistic psychotherapist title. Although again, you know, there's a lot of connotations around psychotherapy. Um, but, but what I'm hoping to portray to people is that one, I can help people. Mm-hmm. That two, I have a legitimate um, degree or I have legitimate credentials and that I bring things to another level. Um, you know, what I mean by the word holistic is that, you know, we look at things physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and that they all need effect, all need to be considered because change in one area affects the others. So I've kept the holistic psychotherapist title, hopefully to help people recognize, yes, on the earth plane, this is where we are. This, I mean, a lot of people are dealing with things like anxiety, depression, overwhelm, loneliness, you know, what's the point of it all, purpose. Um, And so those are questions that people really are struggling with. So you wanna have a title that those people are gonna be able to find you. 
And yet I also added the Peace Wisdom Guide at this point because I'm not here to tell people what to do. And yet I also know that through my own learning and my own life experience and the work that I've done over the last 20 years has given me an insight into people and how to create the life that people are looking for. And so I'm not here to tell them how to do it. They have to find their own way, but I can guide them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that I can guide them through that's important. And I guess the other piece I want to throw in there that isn't in my title, but is spiritual visionary because I see a different way of expressing our spirituality in the world. I'm not even so sure that I should be calling it spirituality because I think it's life. Mm -hmm. It's the underscore of all life. It's the intangible, the pieces that we can't measure, that we don't have something that we can put our hands on. But we are in a shifting place where people are recognizing that they are more that there is more possible with life and so and i want to be a, a strong voice in that i want people to know that there is a whole nother level of being that's available to them and there's tons of tools that they have right in their nature along with the ones that we have around us that we can use to really create this life that we're looking for mm -hmm. and so spiritual visionary is probably another piece you'll see coming in in the future mm -hmm. So share a little bit then about, you know, what exactly it is that you do, how do you work with people, um, kind of the logistics of it, because I think that's this piece too, as we look at really what the Entrebellion, right, is it's about doing business differently, but it's also like we still have businesses. So I always mm -hmm. talk to clients about that as well, of of how do you actually, what's the nuts and bolts and the mechanics of of how do you work with people? How do you serve others? And then we can kind of, as we move around this to a little bit more, we'll get into some of that visionary piece of where you're going. But kind of now, what is the container you hold? How do you work with people? Well, it's been a transition because I come out of traditional psychotherapy, you know, pretty much agency work. Um, and yet I was recognizing that with that, that, um, it's sometimes difficult, often difficult, for people really to take responsibility for their own healing. There is a lot of brokenness in the insurance system. There's a lot of brokenness in many of our systems, but psychotherapy, mental health included, with the medical focus, with the diagnostic criteria, with the idea that um, there is something really wrong with people, which is why they come to therapy. Um, so there's just so many pieces where it didn't seem like it was really coming together to get people the results that they wanted. And even again, back with the insurance, you know, so much paperwork, mm -hmm. so much documentation and so much like um, jumping through hoops just to get people's to be able to have services. Mm -hmm. Or somebody would say, well, they can come for three sessions or they can come for six sessions or or and then they also say what they're going to pay you. And there's just a lot of pieces where that falls apart. So over time, I've done this transition away from insurance. I mean, I've and I've, I've distanced myself from traditional psychotherapy. It's one of the reasons that I have an office in my home. I took myself off Main Street because I wanted to let people know that what they're going to experience here is different mm -hmm. than what they're going to experience with a traditional psychotherapist. And the piece that I think I bring, well, I know that I bring, or there's a couple of things. One is personal responsibility, that you make a commitment to yourself when you show up for working with me. Um, it's not about like, oh, I'm just gonna like, I don't know, let the insurance pay the bill or something, and I'm here, but somehow or other I expect something to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I anticipate that you're gonna have a vested interest 
in what happens for you and so that you're going to be more committed you're going to show up you're going to do the work you're going to do the deep dive whatever it takes for you to to get the results that you're looking for so that's one piece of it um, i guess the way that i am working primarily with people now too and i think is a shift away Traditional psychotherapy is so built on the session model. You just, you know, you go for a couple of sessions, you feel better, you work on a couple of things, and you go on again. What that does is it really doesn't allow you to go to the depth. Mm -hmm. And the way that I see the work that I do is um, really taking people back to the core of who they are underneath their life experiences, underneath the things that have impacted their ability to show up in the world. And so we want to go back underneath that stuff. So to go deep requires a little bit more time. And so I have a program that I put together that's called the Journey Back to You. It's a 13-week program. People meet, we meet for sessions, typically weekly or every other week. Um, but it's really an opp opportunity for people to go deeper. And that's the, that's the piece. We have to get to the core of some of these, I'm going to call them energy glitches or leftover unfinished businesses that impact how we're able to show up in the world, how we react, how we sh how we interact with other people, how we value ourselves, how what we believe is possible, all of that gets significantly impacted by our growing up experiences. And I've come to believe that that's really what human life is really all about, mm -hmm. is to have some of those experiences so that we have those to work through and we grow. But often we shut off those experiences, we don't want to look at the pain, we don't want to look at the areas that are difficult. We almost feel like if we look at things that we're like adding blame, that's not really what it's about. It's just getting in there for core healing. And that's something that I feel like I'm able to do by having people commit to this 13-week program right off the bat. You don't, I mean, we're not meeting for just a couple of sessions. You're committing to a 13-week program that is both a combination of curriculum and that is designed to, like, how do you work with this in your daily life? Mm -hmm. It's deep, I mean, as far as practicality. I want them to have practical tools for how to shift their daily life right from the first session. So how long now, because I want to talk a little bit about you and about your journey. So how long have you been practicing as a psychotherapist now? Oh, let's see. Okay, I got my psychotherapy license. I was licensed in the year 2003. Mm -hmm. So I guess that makes it 16 years now, 16 and a half essentially, because it was early in the year. Um, yeah, where, where shall we go with that? I mean, I went back to school to get my, I was older. I mean, I, w I was an older student. Mm -hmm. um, I had found myself in a situation where I had to support my family. I had three children and needed to support them and had always been interested in, mm -hmm. in people and spirituality and trying to bring the two together. How to, how to bring that forward in a way. So when I found myself in a life situation where I needed to be financially responsible mm -hmm. for my family, I went back to school. Mm -hmm. So I think what I want to talk about too is really thinking about, my favorite thing to really ask people is like, what is your entrepreneurial origin story? Because I think there's a lot of power there. It always makes me think of like, I'm not a big superhero person or comic person or anything like that, but I'm always a sucker for the origin story. Because I think that everybody's is so varied and everybody's is so like I kind of feel like I knew since I was a little kid I'd probably end up an entrepreneur in some way I just always had that wiring but there's so many people I meet that they're like oh hell no I was never going to be an entrepreneur that was never in the cards and they kind of stumble or find themselves into this path and this journey 
And my belief really is with the clients I work with is that I think our souls know that the way that we're meant to be of service because we are part of this paradigm shifting is through entrepreneurship, but it's not something necessarily that like our conscious human self really knows sometimes until we're like in it and that's that choice. So when you think about, um, so obviously a little bit about your backstory in that, but really what was the moment for you, you know, going through schooling, going and having more of a traditional practice and everything, do you remember or recall what that moment was that was like, I need to do this on my own. I need to hang my shingle in the world. I need to go the entrepreneurial path with this. There's two key turning points there, China, and one of them I saw, but I didn't really take action on, I guess I would say. When I went back to school, it was with the idea of how do I bring spirituality and psychotherapy together? Mm-hmm. And that was my focus even then. Even as I did my graduate work and everything, it was on how do I turn psychotherapy, return it to care of the soul? That's what it's really designed to be. So then I got working though, and I you know, got into the field and doing my 3,000 hours and all the training that I needed and, I, I, and getting caught in the managed care. And I was like, I don't really know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to blend these two in a way. And yet when I had first gone back to school, I had told myself, and I used to talk with a friend about this private practice I was gonna open in 2011 when my youngest daughter graduated high school. As a single parent, I felt that financial responsibility, but I felt, okay, she'll be off to college. I can take a few more financial risks. Mm -hmm. So 2011, I'm going to open a private practice and figure out how do I bring these two together. So fast forward to 2010, I'm doing agency work. At that point, I'm really feeling like I don't know how to do this separately. I didn't really feel a call to entrepreneurship, although I felt a call to spiritual work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had even thought about being a nun when I was in high school. So that had been an ongoing thread, but I didn't really know how to do it. And I think I'd kind of given up on that. I was making a decent income. I probably more money than I'd ever made. You know, overall, I was able to pay my bills. Life felt pretty secure. Um, But on December of 2010, I got late. The program that I was working for got discontinued. Mm. And so like okay well what now you know and then I mean you got to look at the pieces again of where's the guides because I thought well maybe I could do private practice because I couldn't see anywhere else in town I live in a small town I didn't want to drive so I'm like okay I guess maybe this is the time to look at small at doing a private practice it wasn't until January of 2011 that in Wisconsin you could have a private practice without being it affiliated with an agency. Mm. So again, it just felt like the universe aligned to say, yes, you know, number one, you weren't going to do this on your own because I am very much of an introvert and not really a dynamic go-getter mm-hmm. maybe kind of person. I would have been content, I think, doing the job that I had. So the universe prompted me to have to do something else and, and, and then it really just kind of opened up the doors for that to happen in a way that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And yet it still took some time. You well, know? and I think it's interesting though too is, you know, because obviously like you and I have, I think, a similar perspective on not the like cliche necessarily everything happens for a reason, but I do think that we have guides and we have however, whatever people want to call those guides and those energies that work with us to help us on this you know, human path, human journey we're on. So I always laugh because part of my entrepreneurial origin story was I was at a job, it was an okay job, but I just really, I knew I was gonna be an entrepreneur at some point. It was kind of my last corporate job. And on a day I was particularly frustrated, 
several months before I ended up leaving, I had set on a countdown app on my phone that September 30th, 2016 was my last day huh. in corporate America. And then I forgot about it. I stopped checking the app. You know, it was a hundred and some days or whatever out from this. And I was like, God, it's never going to happen. Like it was, I was nowhere in that way of, of doing it. And then when I finally ended up quitting that job that night, I was like, what was that app I set? And lo and behold, I open it. And the day I quit my job was September 30th, 2016 with no plan, no intention that morning even of getting up and quitting my job. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And it was kind of this, like, I always feel like the universal laugh in a way of like, this is what it was supposed to be. So even you all those years intending that 2011, not even realizing that, you know, this piece of legislation had to change. And would you, if you hadn't gotten laid off, if that program hadn't gone away, would you really have taken the leap right away in 2011? So I always love those pieces of there's some sort of divine intervention in a way that comes in of like, okay, that's what we're going to do. That was the intention. That's the path. Let's help move it along a little bit here. <laughs> totally, China. And I think it's so important to be able to see those signs and recognize them. But there was one other piece, and that was that my dad, um, in, in early 2011, so when I'm off of work now, um, he had been doing dialysis, but he, he, he decided that he didn't want to do that anymore. So basically, he chose to die. Mm -hmm. So number one, I was free for that time, which was very important to me. But but what it really also did was it gave me this opportunity to review what I had gained from my dad. And my dad was really all about, you know, find your truth, mm -hmm. speak your truth. It doesn't matter whether other people agree with you. You know, it doesn't matter whether other people say it's possible or not possible. Mm -hmm. If it's something that you feel driven to from inside you, that's so, so, so important and honoring that internal drive. And I, again, I'm not so sure. I mean, that was another piece. I felt like honoring dad's life in a way, I would have been dishonoring it if I didn't follow that inner voice that said, this is where you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And, and I, yeah, so I'm grateful for that. And it was a really profound experience. And I've learned to listen to those signs. Because I think we all have them. Mm -hmm. We all get them that prompt us at certain times to different turning points on our journey. And we have a choice all the time of whether we want to jump in that or not. And I would even say that there were probably opportunities along the way that maybe I could have made that leap earlier, but maybe I wasn't ready or whatever. So, but at listening and paying attention and, and trying to follow that guidance is hugely important. So... A little bit too at the business piece of things another layer that i always think is interesting is a big a big focus i have with clients is bringing our business into alignment with our soul and what i find though is most people kind of think they're already doing that right because we get this kind of like soul level inspiration of here's the thing i want to go in the world and do and so I think that's something that always can totally be in alignment. But then what I find though, is once we set out on this entrepreneurial journey, most of us aren't the Jack or Jill of all trades. Like you're coming into it, having to figure out how do I run a business? How do I do my books? How do I name it? What is my structure? How do I market it? How do I get clients? Like all these other pieces. And so what I see usually with clients and just entrepreneurs that I followed is that there's always that learning curve or those hiccups that come up of 
you start from this beautiful place of the soul vision of this is who I am and this is what I want to do. But then once you put yourself in the world as an entrepreneur, you're doing it still in an old model of business. Like we're really being most of the experts and people that are out there, most of the business advisors, most of our legal structure, most of the way our country structured is, this is the box you go into to be an entrepreneur. This is how you do it. And then what I see though time and time again for soul entrepreneurs is that they're like, that doesn't align for me. It doesn't, it doesn't spark joy in my soul. It doesn't, it doesn't call into this place where I'm like, that's how I'm supposed to be doing this. Or that's how we, as this collective of entrepreneurs who are here to shift in this new paradigm, that doesn't resonate. And so I'm always curious of the path for you to be bringing your business into alignment with your soul. Um, because I do think that that's kind of what happens. Usually most of us go on this traditional entrepreneur path for some length of time. And then usually through frustration, all of a sudden go, this doesn't feel right and I want to make these changes. So I don't know if that resonates for you. If you want to speak a little bit to that journey, like what were some of those big hiccups that you encountered where you're like, gosh, why is this the way that we do it? Or this doesn't feel true for me. And then what are the things that you're doing or have been doing in your business to really bring it more into alignment with your soul that every fiber and aspect of your business can feel good for you? There's so many pieces about that to talk about, China. So, I mean, I guess number one, I think that's why this is a process. Mm -hmm. It's a transition and it takes time. I mean, I I think I've always heard that even to start a business is, you know, it's going to take a certain amount of number of years or so long for it to really get going. And I'm not so sure that those rules are exactly right. I think there's a lot of flexibility there. But definitely when I dove in, I recognized all the things that I didn't know. Um, There is a bigger piece technology wise there is a bigger piece even just when it comes to time and how to spend time and I feel like those of us that are stepping into entrepreneurship in a new way it is tricky because it's real easy to get pulled into the old ways that this is the way it's done that if you want to market your business this is what you need to do that if you want to be visible this is how you need to show up and um, and I tried a lot of that for a period of time and struggled to f- find a way that that didn't feel so overwhelming because I was feeling like, how am I supposed to do the work and like do the marketing and do the accounting and keep all these things straight and keep up on how to do all these things technologically? And what I really recognized, I mean, in some ways through even you know working with you was this uh, really awareness of, how to let go of some of those ideas the way it's supposed to be and really find what is it that I want. How do I want to relate to people? How do I want to show up? What is the message that I want to bring regardless of what other people are thinking I should say? Where it gets tricky still, I think, again, is leading the way. We are leading to people to, an, I feel like I'm leading to a new paradigm of how they care for self. And it isn't always about severe mental illness or severe crisis to get people in to working. That there's an awful lot of things that we need to do to give people awareness and how do they work through some of these pieces of their lives. But so finding a way to show up in a way that was genuine, authentic to me, that is my voice, that feels like I'm building more of a relationship than just kind of like putting out materials in some kind of way. Um, and I will say that's still a journey I'm on, trying to find ways that language that do meet people from old paradigm because 
that's where they are but also that like draws them in and helps them stretch into this new way of being responsible for themselves and caring for themselves and connected with the world and themselves and other people in a way that is deeper and more richer than what they've been experiencing. What do you think, because I don't know, I kind of feel like too, obviously this is a newer podcast, but I feel like a lot of our audience will have some people that are entrepreneurs or some people that want to become entrepreneurs and probably a whole slew of the audience too that aren't, but just are interested in the topics we're talking about or the guests that are on and all of that. But for the folks that are entrepreneurs or want to become entrepreneurs, I sometimes say, I think we have, just like in any other industry, you have your own kind of sense of humor as a group in a way, um, because it is something you kind of, I feel like at least you have to laugh about, laugh about, you have to find humor in sometimes like the difficulty or the absurdity of like what it is that we're doing. So what do you think has been like the, like most unexpectedly difficult or kind of just like, are you kidding me? That's like a thing I have to do, like aspect of entrepreneurship. Oh, that's a good question. There's pieces that have, you know, there's been a lot of pieces of entrepreneurship that have been hard for me, but in some ways I think one visibility, mm -hmm. really being able to show up clearly and confidently and like, cause I believe what I say, but at the same time, I don't know. It feels like I'm imposing or something. And that's not the right word. It, it I, the, a lot of what I go to talk about isn't tangible, mm -hmm. and it does tap into some belief systems, and it's difficult for people. Sometimes even just using a word like soul or spirituality or certainly God or the divine or something can set people off. And I didn't really recognize that. I don't mm -hmm. think that has been one of the biggest challenges for me is. How do I language this in a way that feels right for me and like that does pull people forward into a new way of expression? And then I guess the other piece for me, and maybe it's because I'm a little on the older side, but technology, trying to keep up with all the pieces of how to get my message out. I don't want a, uh, an audience that is just local to my area because I feel like I have a bigger message. And so how to be visible enough with that message how to feel confident in me, and then how to have the tools to really be able to do that in a way that feels in alignment with what I want to bring mm -hmm. forward. So the technical pieces, I'm always learning. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting too of, I do think it's it speaks to this paradigm shifting because I know when I started my business, I had a lot of like fear and reservations that like my personality wouldn't work as an entrepreneur. Like I knew <laughs> on the inside, I was very much hardwired as an entrepreneur, but it's like, I sometimes I'm really just like, tell it like it is. I can be a little bit gruff. I had somebody tell me all the time that it's very feisty or I get the feisty feels and I'm very opinionated in that way. And so if I think something's bullshit, I tend to just say, I think that's bullshit. And so that was this huge like learning curve for me and visibility of like feeling like, oh, there's a right way to like do a Facebook live or to talk about this message. And I remember too, like my first several months in business was really sounding out like who was I, what was the work that I was doing and that clarity and like thinking like, oh, like I made it if, you know, this professional women's group really respected what I was doing. And then I kind of came to this realization too, like I'm completely watering down 
my message and my language and the way that I'm supposed to speak about these things to like get these people, whomever they may be, to like me or to respect me or whatever. And so I thought that that was really interesting of this like shift as well of like, how are you visible in a way that the people that you're meant to be of service to resonate with what you're saying, but you're also still authentic because people need your take and your spin and your language and how you talk about those things more than they, I mean, they can go to, if they want to hear a different expert or they want to hear a different guru, they can go to that guru. They want like your unique way of doing it and saying it. And so I finally had some clients reflect back of like, yeah, like I have to listen to everything you record with headphones in because you swear like a sailor, but I like it because you call me on my shit, on my shit, but nobody else will. And knowing that I also have other people have been like, I won't listen to anything you record because (laughs) but also like that inner peace then that comes of knowing I'm not for everybody. And I think that's one thing a lot of us as entrepreneurs struggle with, which is kind of what you're speaking to, like how am I visible in a way that's aligned and authentic, resonates with the people I'm here to serve, but I do that own inner work as well of being at peace if it doesn't resonate for everybody. That has been a journey for me because, of course, I, you know, have been a people pleaser. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you, you try to like you want to appeal to as many people as you can or whatever. But I have totally recognized and I see it for myself in my business. But it is the piece that people need in their own lives. You know, how do you be you? Mm-hmm. Whatever the you is. And we all have strengths and I'll call them growth edges. I mean, piece, pieces that need some attention, but that's, I mean, we work on those, weren't, you know, and it's okay. That's part of our humanness. It's part of who we are. And so I, and I, I will use the word vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people are looking for truth. Um, I don't think people, people are looking, uh, people can see through, I don't know the, the, the barriers or the limits or the rules or the, the falsehoods or the like just lip service. I want, and, and it, so finding my own genuine voice has been crucial to me. And it's kind of a shift again, because when I started, I think I was like, I just need to get the numbers. Mm -hmm. If I get enough people on my mailing list or something, then I will have the following and I'll have all the clients that I need. Um, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. I need and I want the people that really resonate with me. And I think I would do a lot with energy and frequency and how we show up and how we come into connection. And so if I don't show up as me, then I'm going to be attracting people really that don't resonate with the real me. And so then what kind of work can we get done? Mm So I've learned over this time that, yeah, I don't need a big audience. I need a real audience. Mm -hmm. I need people that really do just connect with what I say and my message and, and, and take what they can use from that and make their lives better. And it's not about the numbers. As you've brought and really kind of started on this path and this work of bringing your business into alignment with your soul and stepping into your truth and your voice and your power that way, Like what has been the most liberating thing or freeing thing that you've got to set down or let go of and not stress about that maybe before setting out on bringing it into alignment with your soul, you were worried about or stressed about, or it took a lot of energy or time or just didn't really bring you a lot of joy to do. That's a great question because the thing that I have found that brings me the most satisfaction in a lot of ways is the freedom that I have found by one, allowing myself to be me, allowing my work to be a reflection of me, 
allowing my work in a lot of ways to be just an extension of my life. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the same person whether I show up for work or whether I'm, I don't know, visiting with a neighbor. I mean, I'm the same person. Mm -hmm. And so the freedom that that has given me, I no longer tie myself to a nine to five job. I am able to work the way that I feel fits my life schedule. That has been so freeing. I fought for years to be the early morning person when I'm not, you know, and to be at work at eight o'clock and ready to like, you know, do the thing and see so many clients each day. You know, that's agency work. You have quotas to meet mm. and time frames and 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 it's been an adjustment even to recognize that like sometimes sitting on the deck and just allowing information like just allowing my silence so that I can hear voices of guidance or I can get inspired by something else I mean I used to feel guilty if I wasn't like working mm -hmm. you know like pounding out something between eight and five you know now it's just like I have this more free flow of I work when I'm inspired or I you know of course schedule clients but you know, sometimes I write late at night, sometimes I don't, sometimes I take days and I mean, somebody looking in at me would say, is she working? Um, but that freedom that that has brought for me is uh, priceless. Do you feel in some ways too that you've like redefined for yourself in what is work? Totally, yeah. I, I mean, because Tim, now I don't know that I have a definition of, of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I love what I do and 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 I would also say that play has become equally important. I know that I was not playing in the early stages of my work career and even in my adulthood, I'd totally forgotten how to play, but the importance of that quiet and leisure and laughter and pleasure and joy, um, those are the things that like give me the inspiration and the drive and the connection or the heart or something that says you know god don't you love life you know so whether it's work or play or wherever however that shows up this is my life and i love the freedom that i found in simply being me and bringing forth what i think is mine to bring forth mm -hmm. i want people to live from a higher place i know that more is possible for them I know that we don't have to get stuck in those dark places that we get stuck in. And yet, I and so that's how I show up. Well, and I think too, a lot of us that are doing kind of more on the umbrella of like the service side of work, you know, not necessarily with, you know, something onto like the physical body, like I think about massage or, you know, hairstylist or things like that. But those of us that are doing more of this coaching, consulting, guidance type of service work, is a lot of it is like we're holding this container for clients. Like like you said, they're showing up, they're doing this work in that container, in that time together, but it is really about like them taking that accountability and responsibility. And so, you know, we get to be guides, we get to provide information, we get to ask questions, we get to use different tools in that container, but really we're just holding the space for them to show up and do the work they need to do. So thinking about it in that way, knowing that you really over the course of your life and lifetimes, honestly, have been kind of cultivating this toolbox, if you will, of things that you get to use. Um, what are some of the tools that you have been able to go to? I know that you've gotten into astrology. I've had a reading with you that was super awesome. Um, the tools that you're able to use to bring 
clients into the space, help them do that work, or go into some different layers that maybe you weren't doing before, but you have different tools now that you're using. That's one of the things that I love about the world that I see that I live in. I mean, we live in this crazy abundant universe that I believe the divine, however you want to call that, whatever that is to you, has created this beautiful space that's really given us so many tools. And even in our nature, I mean, I guess from all of my psychotherapy training, I've always recognized the importance of thought, emotion. I mean, but I think those are two huge pieces that I know that I've gone to a a lower, another depth with. But even things like color Mm -hmm. and sound and voice, um, how we take in and process energy, how we handle emotions, because that's what energy is. And I mean, as a culture, we're not very good at that, but it's so important. And then there are things that are like, I mean, even numerology, meditation, but the astrology has become a beautiful thing for me. It's something that I've studied for a long time. I've been aware of, I've you know, had readings 30 years ago and began exploring, but never really could quite sink because I really recognize that it is a deep, deep, deep tool that we are really like skimming the knowledge of, or we're just really tapping the edges of. There's so much more we could learn. Um, but yes, so astrology, it, it, all of a sudden it just kind of like though landed for me because I do so much work around soul. I want to get down people to a core of who they are. What are their, what are they here for? What are they really all about? What are their strengths and what are their pieces that they're supposed to be growing on in this lifetime? And it really, it just kind of came to me as I was working with the astrology, like how I can find that in an astrology chart. And so I do use astrology in the program as a baseline in a way, almost like a blueprint of what is your soul here for. Um, we can look at not only where your soul has come from, but really where is it wanting to go mm-hmm. and what are the pieces that you have been, that are you are here to be to really develop. And, and not only that then, but what in this lifetime specifically do you need to be focusing on? What do you need to be leaving behind or like not getting stuck in? How do you use that stuff well? But so astrology has become a really great tool for helping people go to those depths and recognize the patterns. Because mm-hmm. when we sit down with it, you can recognize the patterns. You can see where this maybe key thing has kind of repeated in different forms in your life. And once you kind of get sitting with it, you can see, I mean, I don't even know philosophically, do I believe in past lives? I think I've come to that. Is it past lives? Is it ancestral lineage? I, You know, somehow or other, these things that we come into life with. They're so important, and yet we don't often really put together the dots mm-hmm. to really see what an important piece that is. So the astrology's been really valuable in that way, and there's a ton there's a ton of tools like that that really are here to help us mm-hmm. figure out who we are and what we're here for and what our purpose is. So then, like even in because I always tell people too, like I philosophically believe that entrepreneurship is the most intense personal development course you will ever sign up for. And I really think those of us that came here to this life to do soul aligned entrepreneurship, like that's a key crucial component of our soul expansion and development and growth and all of that. So to, to really be able to grow and evolve and step more deeply into the work you're here to do, parallel to that has to be this work that we're doing on ourselves, which I think is so interesting and beautiful of the work that you do with your clients. 
But for you, as Kayleen, as the person, as the entrepreneur, what are a couple of modalities or tools or resources that you use in your own life to really help you be able to continue to expand and to grow so you can step into being of service in an even bigger, more intentional way? So those can be tools for like self-care or tools just for your own expansion and growth. Well, I guess I think the first number one thing is I really recognize the importance of, I mean, I see it as kind of a three-legged piece, Mm -hmm. but the importance of self-care. I never really understood that, why that was so important or really what that even meant. You know, it's like, oh, does that mean like, like I get to decide where we're going to dinner or I go have a pedicure or something? But it really is a deeper level of what is it that you need? What is it that feeds your soul? What is it that nourishes your being? So self-care is one, the ability to look for the good. Because again, life is not always easy. There's a lot of stuff that comes at us from life. And especially when we go back and we look at some of the painful points or the, the experiences that we had. Um, the ability to see the good in the things that have occurred are, is hugely important. And connection. Mm-hmm. And I see connection to self, connection to others, and connection to the divine. So I definitely you know, found spiritual practices that work for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, and everybody can find whatever that is for them. You know, voice has been a big thing, and I think that's part of, for me, not speaking my truth for a very long time. And so, you know, I do a lot with kirtan and community singing, and that has been a huge tool, I think, for opening up my voice. Uh, Self-care, I've just really become more aware of what is self-care and, like, how do I give that? What even is fun for me? How can I play more? How do I, like, open myself to relationships? Because, again, I think I've kind of tended to, like, put some walls up and live in my insulated little place. Um, so opening to relationships has been another piece, again, where they're honest, mm-hmm. real, genuine, um, and keeping people around me that support me in that, because it's not easy. I mean, it's easy to fall into doubts. I mean, we when you explore spirituality, it's like, well, you know, on a good day, I really believe this. On another day, I don't know. Am I talking just like crap? Mm-hmm. You know, we all go through those kind of phases, even how far we've been in this. I mean, this is so important to me. And yet I need people around me that help me see this higher version of me. There are an awful lot of people, again, I'm going to say, as entrepreneurs leading the way, I see myself as a light bearer, a way shower, somebody that's leading people into a new way of being in the world. And yet most of the people then are not there yet. So some of the things that I go to do, like even walking away from insurance, I heard how much that was going to fail or how wrong I was or, you know, why that wasn't going to work. And so trusting my own voice, trusting my own vision Mm -hmm. and knowing something else is possible and trusting my connection to the divine that really does give me those inner prompts. So finding the space for silence and getting away from the noise are huge for me. And pulling from like your professional experience and then also just your experience as well, not even just, but your experience as well as an entrepreneur, what would be, because I think this is something that's so common and so many of us are navigating for exactly what you just said, which is like when you're trying to be a trailblazer and like, and not even trying, because I think trying sometimes implies ego, but when your soul is called in this way, you need to serve, this is this way that you need to serve and it's different than anything we've seen in this lifetime that people consciously remember. Um, 
I always tell people like being weird's your superpower because that's because I've spent a lifetime being that weirdo. That's how you know getting referred to that way. But for a lot of us of of doing these things that 100% are authentic and genuine and in alignment for us, do cause ripples in our relationships. Do cause you know people who maybe always have been on our support team to cast that doubt or to question or to decide they don't want to be supportive of us anymore. So is there any wisdom or advice or or just anything you want to share about that for people that are navigating that in their own lives right now of not feeling supported or not feeling like they have a community around them that sees their potential and supports their potential or they're actually navigating the loss of relationship and whether that's friendship, partnership, romantic, family, whatever, as they're stepping out in this fully expanded way that they're supposed to be in this life. Yeah, that's, I mean, it is challenging. I mean, I remember at different times, even like, I don't know, feeling guilty because I wasn't working or having someone say something to me about, again, like the insurance thing Mm -hmm. is just an easy piece, you know, as far as you're never going to make it. How can you do that? And then, you know, feeling like it's almost like, well, don't come to me if this doesn't work for Mm -hmm. you. You know, so you do feel very much alone at times. Um, But again, I think there are many of us out there that are really wanting to respond to life from this more soul-driven, led place, soul-infused place. And so we're out here, but we need each other. Um, I think that's just crucially important. And I mean, bottom line is it's hard to trust when you're changing paradigms but trusting your own voice, learning to like, because I can tell you that um, I don't want another, you know, I mean, I think I went for a number of years from the time I was in graduate school till I really kind of got forced into entrepreneurship that I was trying to find my own voice and not owning it, not honoring it. And I don't want another, you know, 10, 20 years to go by where I am constantly listening to what somebody else said is possible. I don't think that's where I'm supposed to be. I think, so So learning to trust, learning to trust yourself, learning to trust the divine, and that's not always easy. Mm -hmm. When it feels like, oh geez, you know, I haven't gotten a new client for a while and maybe I'm looking at some difficulty financially or something, and then to trust that you want me to, I mean, I'm feeling like I need to like work on this project or something, Mm -hmm. it feels out of, it feels weird, it feels like, how does that fit? And yet, you know, that trusting that bigger picture is vital. Mm-hmm. And so, but we have to have support to do that. We have to trust ourselves. We have to trust the divine. Not always easy to do. Um, but that's where I think sometimes we practice, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the more that we do some of this stuff. And I guess one of the other things that's been really helpful to me is kind of a miracle journal really recognizing like, holy buckets, this is the way that this is the response I get. Okay, this is, I, obviously I'm doing the right thing. Can you explain the miracle journal a little bit more? Just kind of writing down like different synchronicities or, you know, you have an idea about something and somebody says something about it or comes back and it shows up. M- money is one way. I think money is such a symbolic way of how we show up in the world. But like, you know, making like at one point I made a decision, like I really wanted to do this program. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't have the money. I'm like, okay, though, I'm going to sign up for it. I'm going to find a way. So I signed up for the program. And I mean, I was 
you know, away at the time. But by the time I even got home, I had a check in the mail for that same exact amount, short $3. <laughs> you know, it just felt, again, it was a universal confirmation of, and it was money that I wasn't expecting. It came from an unexpected source, mm -hmm. which really was like, you know, yeah, you know, this is saying, yes, yep. you're on the right path. And so watch for those because there's signs all over the place that say this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. Not only signs externally, but feelings and sensations mm -hmm. that are important to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Can we switch gears a little bit? Because I'm kind of nerding out about astrology a little bit. Okay. So I want us to go back there. And then um, I have a couple questions too about a little bit more about your work. And then I want us to kind of wrap up towards the end talking a little bit about this entrepreneurial energy, this rebellious entrepreneur okay. energy. Um, so I know a lot of people, I think astrology is kind of having a moment, which is really exciting. I think there's more interest, there's more curiosity. I know when I was young and like astrology and stuff, my concept of it for many years was just like reading about your sun sign in the newspaper or the gossip magazine or whatever. And it was always something that's like, I'm sure it probably wasn't even written by an astrologer half the time. <laughs> you know, it was really just this like, oh, if you're, I'm a Scorpio. So, you know, it's something about mystery or sex or whatever was usually what mine was. But so really this kind of, I think, awareness, which I really think is kind of cool of how the internet's shaping that for people too, of there's more information available, there's more insight, but there's still a lot of people that I think have a curiosity about astrology but still really only know the sun sign or they're starting to understand, you know, maybe my rising matters or ascending or my moon for you though, with the work that you do reading with people's charts to understand this like soul level thing, like what is your absolute favorite placement to look at? Or like one piece for somebody that you're like, if you know really very little about astrology, here's one little nugget I would give you find out this placement and understand this about it. Well, okay, I would say first of all that I love the resurgence and interest in astrology because I think it's a reflection of people's spiritual craving. Mm -hmm. They're trying to understand and we're coming to a place where we can understand a little bit more than we have. And so it's really fabulous to see that and because there is a ton of information there. And you're right, I mean, you know, people will talk about, well, I read my sun sign, you know, thing in the paper every day or, you know, whatever. And, but that's, I mean, you think about that, that's a 12th of the population. So I don't think your life is exactly like a 12th of the population. <laughs> and it's really fascinating how astrology shows up both as, I'm going to call it both fate and free will. You know, there is some kind of intermixture there that occurs that there's an awful lot of room for choice. And yet then there's nothing that's written in stone. There's an awful lot of different ways things can play out. My piece that I've come to really look at, I mean, we have to look at sun, sign, we have to look at sun, moon, and rising sign because those are the core of who we are for our blueprint. Sun is about our identity, moon is about our unconscious and our dreams and our, our feelings and our emotions, and the rising sign is really like how we show up. And so there's, there's pieces there, and yet the rising sign also gives us a great clue about where the soul wants to go. Mm. So that's beautiful to look at. But the piece for this lifetime, we need to look at those things, but we want to look at them kind of like in how do they play out in conjunction with this north node, south node. Mm -hmm. The north node being the place that we are being called to work through. Like if we want to evolve our soul, this is the piece we need to work on in this lifetime. South node, which is its opposite, 
is um, really where we've come from. And typically it's skills then that we've developed that are good, that are, I mean, that's where our soul was wanting to evolve. But it's kind of like this place where we've gotten stuck, you know, where we're taken for granted and we're not seeing the skills that we've developed as skills still. We kind of see them like things we take for granted or maybe we've gotten really lackadaisical about or, you know, it's not really like we're not like learning from it anymore because we've just gotten so used to it. So it's a piece that we have, but that we need to like reorient ourselves and, and move toward the direction of the North Node. So, I mean, people can look up their North Node, and I think there's all kinds of, I mean, there's lots of places online where you can even get your astrology chart done. Um, and then, you know, do some research, Google it, and go, okay, if my North Node is in Virgo, what am I supposed to be working on? Where am I coming from? There's a lot of research that people can do on their own. But one of the things that I think is really important about working with somebody is it kind of holds you accountable. Mm -hmm. It really kind of helps anchor it. And what's so important for me with the work that I do, again, too, is giving people tools. I really want them to be able to embody this knowledge. And what does this mean then? How does this mean and how you're going to show up in your life? But North Node and South Node would be the pieces that I would go to. And if you're reading your astrology, started, your astrology forecast in the magazine or listening to it on the radio or some such thing, you know, take it with a grain of salt because it's such a small, small, small piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so two things. So one is North Node, South Node. Like if somebody goes and there's free sites and stuff, you can put in like your birth date and your birth time and that and spit, spits out your chart. People can find north node south node i think there usually and i will say too is kayleen also does astrology readings which i've had and it was awesome and i still go back every few months and re-listen to it because it was very juicy um so we'll link to that in the notes with the episode as well awesome. mm -hmm. um because i think that's one thing to like understand them and i always i feel like a lot of people we start with like the Google engine of trying to learn things, but it's neat to actually, what I thought was really cool about the astrology reading we did was I'd had one years ago and that was really juicy and helpful, but every reader has their own perspective of how they're looking at things, which things they look at, why they look at them, what meanings there. And so what I liked about ours was being able to even get into like a different layer of my moon or of my rising or of my sun and my rising my moon I had never really had any information on of what mm -hmm. that meant mm -hmm. and so it was just very interesting to be able to go through the entire chart with somebody who you're reading it really in this collective sense you know so it's not just looking at it as these like singular pieces which you know when you google what's this north node placement mean you're kind of looking right. at just that but sitting with a reader who's looking at your entire chart it was neat in that way to understand well, why are all of these in this one house and why, sure. are, yeah. why is this whole section empty and like what does yeah. that mean and what if you know these six placements together what kind of story are they telling you as a collective instead yes. of just looking at isolated so I would highly recommend anybody that's curious about astrology I think it's good to sit with a reader and actually have your whole yeah. well try to look at because I did feel like too like I'm always really open and inquisitive and trying to understand myself in different ways and so anything I can do in that realm makes me excited but it was really neat to be able to sit with it with you and understand these different layers of self that totally aligned with things that I was going through or in a lot of ways I had it done last summer before heading out on this you know now it's been 12 months of traveling um, 11 months of traveling I guess June will be a year um, but being able then to see some of these pieces actually start to play out that I didn't really understand, but I had a different layer of when they actually happened because I had this different awareness of self. 
That's great. Yeah. And you're, I mean, it is really true because I mean, yeah, you can Google it or find, I mean, there's tons of astrology books you can read about. You can look up your sun, you can look up your moon, you can look up and you get the logical, you know, and, but I see astrology as both an art and a science. And to me, again, that's a balance of how we need to live. It's mm -hmm. this interaction of logic and intuition. And that's what we need to bring together. And then that is it, because there is a much bigger picture and being able to look at the bigger pieces and how they fit. And I'm always fascinated, even like when I sit down with astrology chart, because to this day, when I first sit down with the chart, it's like, oh, I mean, this is like a bunch of gobbledygook to me. <laughs> I don't even know. And then all of a sudden it starts emerging and you can kind of see the pieces and how they might fit. And this has been, I would say, probably the most profound um, awareness tool for my own journey mm -hmm. because I really know my own life and so I can go back and I can look at how I how this fits together and I have a total greater understanding of where I've come from and why I may get set off or triggered or fearful about certain situations what are the things that like really like throw me into some fear place that I want to shut down from. But so it's been really, really helpful for my own journey and I'm glad it's been helpful for yours. Yeah. So the last piece I wanted to take in a little bit more about your work too is, because I feel like for people of, and I'm thinking back to myself, like as I was coming into this like awakening on my own healing journey that was starting, knowing kind of these like soul stirring things of, Kind of we hit this point i feel like in some ways that certain modalities stop resonating and so i think that you know obviously every modality that's out there is valid in its own way it has people that will benefit from it when whatever place and time they are but i think about with what you do it is so different it is really returning like we've talked about returning psychotherapy returning that type of work to what it is which is care of the soul it's about looking at people as these holistic multi-level versions of themselves not just in this like singular way and what i love too is it's not you know talk therapy has its place but it's different from that of because i've gone through talk therapy for years of that sense of i'm sitting and i'm just going to keep rehashing certain things and there was times that was helpful but then there was times i feel like where you're ready to go deeper you're ready to explore what is this like deeper meaning of this or why is this particular thing something I'm just not getting over? Or what I think is interesting too about the work with you is there's different pieces where something might come up and you don't realize that that root of it is tied to this other piece. And, but having this intentional container that's a little bit longer, three months or whatever that would be, that you're able then to start really doing that work and going deeper with it. So for people that are listening, what are some things that you would say of if this is your circumstance or this is how you're feeling or these are thoughts or things that you're noticing, you might be somebody that is coming into this period of your life or of your journey that this particular type of work that you do might be most resonant or most powerful for them. Oh, I think that applies to so many of us because there are so many things going on externally in our world that is impacting all of us. So the first things, of course, anxiety, depression, overwhelm. So many people are dealing with that on some kind of level. And it's one of the things I'm disappointed with or I see is lacking in traditional psychotherapy because it, it you know, again, it wants to like just give it a pill or, or somehow address it surfacely. Mm -hmm. And yet we really need to get down to the root of that because really all it is is a reflection of a disconnection. It's a disconnection from self, and a disconnection from self is disconnection from the greater divine, mm -hmm. greater world. And so those are like key pieces. 
also it would be things like you know just like is this all that this is about you know this kind of feeling of like life is like you know I'm stuck here and I mean I thought it was going to be something more I thought I was going to be happier or I think another way that it shows up is like kind of this feeling of like I've lost part of myself mm -hmm. um, those are main ways um, just this dissatisfaction with life or and I guess another piece of it is because it's kind of like you said I think a lot of us think we're doing you know we're trying to live soul-led lives and we're trying to be our best selves and yet we hmm, we 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 still feel we recognize that there's some patterns we recognize that there's pieces that geez every time this comes up I find myself struggling here so the patterns are important and just overall just this overall sense of I know that there's something more and I think that is like the soul call um, but a lot of people stay busy with their lives and don't really make room to hear that mm -hmm. so I have two kind of wrap-up questions that thinking and feeling into it's the entrebellion tape so this piece with entrepreneurship soul alignment with our entrepreneurship of for you when you hear the phrase rebellious entrepreneur what does that mean to you what is that what does it mean to you and then how do you feel that you embody that energy of rebellious entrepreneur I love the word I love the idea of rebellious because again I've been a people pleaser and a do-gooder for most of my life going along with what I thought I should what people said I should how doing things the way I thought I should and so I love the idea of rebellion because I love the idea of no it's time for a new way and so I see my work as a psychotherapist in a form of rebellion against traditional psychotherapy I see the what I'm asking of clients to be a bit of a rebellion from what has been expected of clients but what I love about the word rebellion is it like it breaks us out of the box you know we live in a world that is full of broken systems mm -hmm. and it's because we've allowed ourselves like to settle into these areas that really are not working and I think a lot of times I mean it feels hopeless it's like we don't know what to do it feels overwhelming but there are but but we can we can start breaking out of our own box and that's where it has to start I have to be confident in myself to step forward and be who I am regardless of what anybody else says mm -hmm. I need to own me and in some ways that's a rebellion in its own right because we're all so I'm gonna say programmed you know we're all taught to behave a certain way to interact with other people a certain way to show up in the world in a certain way to look a certain way you know we have value if and uh, no it's time for all of those paradigms to break and uh, yeah we can have so much more possible if we allow ourselves to recognize that so much more is possible mm -hmm. we won't recognize that if we stay in the box and then what would be because I've talked to a lot of people where I feel like they have this entrepreneurial call in their soul and then it comes up and it gets filtered through the human brain and they're like oh wow I can't do that here's all these reasons why that's not logical I won't be successful I can't break away from what I'm doing because this is like uncharted territory I might hate my job but it's the steady stable thing 
um, for those types of people, but then also to people that are doing entrepreneurship, but just hitting that point where it's like, I'm doing it, it doesn't feel completely in alignment. They're probably following more of that old paradigm ways of what we've been taught is entrepreneurship. So what would be advice that you would give to folks in either of those boats of, of being able to really step into this fully embodied and expressed rebellious entrepreneur energy and the work of bringing your business into alignment with your soul? What wisdom would you have for them? Well, I would say that one, you have to do it consciously. You have to really be aware of what you're doing. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to go be a, you know, I'm going to just change my practice and I'm going to not take insurance and I'm going to expect people to pay and I'm going to shut this off today and I'm going to expect this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. There has to be a transition place. Um, I think that is that is always true because, I mean, we do live in this world and we have to pay bills and, I mean, there's certain requirements that we have to meet. So, but the other piece of it that I think is probably the most important and is part of the rebellion too is, oh gosh, you know, leaving patriarchy. I mean, we are bringing forth a new way of being in the world and which focuses on a more of a feminine model. And again, I don't mean women model. I don't mean it's all about the girls doing it or something. We are all this mixture of feminine, masculine energies. And we've been very, very focused in the masculine side, which is outgoing and confident and bold and like, and we need that, you know, we need that. But we've gotten very rigid in that. We've gotten very, um, there's rules about how that's supposed to be. In some ways, we have an honored flow or intuition. We've been very heavy in logic. So we're making this shift as a culture so that shift needs to happen in our work and in the way that we show up also. So I'm going to say even with clients, like for me, it's more relational. Um, it's more, I, I want to I bring forth a way of being in the world that is more um, collateral, compassionate, um, flowing, um, intuitively based, uh, all of those kind of feminine qualities, feminine energy qualities that we have discounted. Mm -hmm. So know that you're like making a change, but allow for trying something different. And again, we may be in this transition phase where not everybody gets that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we even see it somewhat even in like, you know, I don't know, maybe mothers who like, really recognize that they have to put their family first or I mean how do we how do we bring this together so that companies allow that and how do we have the bigger picture of things that bring us together that support us as a group rather than feel independent and constricted or closed or isolated how do we bring more connection and compassion and yeah Awesome. Any other thoughts or anything before we wrap up or anything else you want to share? Well, I will just thank you for this opportunity because I love talking about the work that I do. And I really, really, really look, um, I've seen a shift in the world and I've seen a shift in my own life from allowing myself to honor my own inner rebel mm -hmm. and to find the path that's right for me. And that's what I want for everybody, because I think as we step into that, 
we really like shift things for ourselves so we really get to live these lives that are more focused on you know beauty and joy and freedom and love and fearlessness and you know enthusiasm and I mean it makes life such a better place mm -hmm. and we all I think can have that I mean I know we can all have that it's just again the fear we have to walk through the fear and we have to have people around us that will help us through that fear and yeah we're, we're coming into a new way and a new day and time to do things a little bit differently so I love the opportunity to do that want to encourage everybody to like really like find their own truth and live whatever that is whether it's entrepreneurship or service in some other kind of way we all have a piece that we're bringing and so bring your peace awesome thank you so much Kayleen I appreciate you taking the time and in the episode notes for this one we'll have all the links to Kayleen's website and social media and more information about the astrology readings too um, so yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you China it's been fun <laughs>